Welcome to Stop Raising Einstein. Your host, Tara Kennedy Klein, is out to dispel that myth of the perfect child and encourage parents to let them out of the box. Each child is unique, and this show is just the place to stand up and shout out that fact that children need to be raised to discover their so right now, join the queen of accountability who advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. Here is your host, Tara Kennedy Klein. Hey, Parent Nation. Welcome to Stop Raising Einstein. I'm your host, Tara Kennedy Klein, and I am coming to you um, from busy, crazy toy season here in my, uh, in my little world. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm in addition to being a, a parent family coach and an author, I also run a, a toy distributorship. I know, I, I like to keep myself a little bit busy, but um, work primarily with charitable organizations. And uh, this is the time of year when my warehouse goes completely insane and all my toys start coming in that I'm going to be sending out at the Christmas holiday and, and that sort of thing. So it's kind of awesome and ironic that my guest today is a uh, a dad who focuses on parenting as if you're, you know, running a business. So, and it's also kind of funny because I have a lot of conversations going on in my life right now around that very philosophy. And last night I pre-recorded a telesummit that I'm doing, and um, we were talking about how how you can um, be a better parent and still run your business, like raise your family and your business at the same time and all of that sort of thing. And for me, it all comes down to communication. And I've been having a lot of conversations on Facebook. If you, you know, if you're part of our Facebook community, you know that I'm, I, I never really hold back on my opinion. I, I'm, I'm not one to say that I disagree with other people's parenting, but I'm going to tell you what I, what I think. And Sometimes that gets me into a little bit of trouble, but for the most part, I think people appreciate the open honesty and and the transparency that that goes on on those pages. So we were having a conversation recently about homework, and, you know, it's so funny to me because I look at parents who say, oh, my kids have far too much homework, and, you know, we never get to spend any time together, and then I look at their actual schedule and what they're actually doing with their family, and... You know, they have them involved in three different extracurricular activities and music lessons and all this other stuff after school, and they themselves aren't even getting home from work until, you know, six thirty, seven o'clock, and nobody eats dinner around the dining room table anymore. I was saying this last night on, on the call that I did, and it's just so ironic to me that I look at it and I go, does your kid really have too much homework, or do you completely overschedule your life? And I'm not going to say to you overschedule your child because it's not always our kids' stuff. You know, like I know for my family, running a business when it's in my crazy busy season is a 70-hour-a-week is a job. It really is. And so I have to look at it like, do my kids really have too much homework or am I not scheduling my kid and time with my family as just as important of an appointment as unloading a tractor trailer or scheduling a sales appointment or checking email or making a phone call. So, 
You know, that's a lot of the conversation that's in my space right now, and I really invite you to come, you know, come onto Facebook and be part of those conversations. Um, and if you have questions, send them to me. I'll put them out there to Parent Nation, and you're going to get all kinds of responses, you know, but you're going you're gonna to start a dialogue, and I think that's the most important thing that we're missing today is that dialogue. It's not about judgment, and it's not about criticism. It's about dialogue and communication. So, you know, I'm really, really excited to have my guest on today, and um, his name is Chris Efesio. Is that correct, Chris? That is correct, Tanner. I, you know what? I'm, I'm pretty impressed that I was able to pronounce that. <laughs> I know a lot of people have come short on that. You're great. <laughs> so you are the chief daddy officer of, uh, like, this is the, um, this is what you've created. This is the book that you've written and, and the, the parenting style that you advocate for and that you teach. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, of course. When uh, I was um, in my early 30s and my daughter was uh, seven, her mother and I uh, separated and subsequently divorced. Shortly after that, uh, her mother decided to leave uh, the greater Washington area, which is where we live, and move up to back to New England. Wow. I was not surprised when um, I found out that my daughter wanted to stay with me. My relationship with her was always a, an incredibly close relationship, even when, even though from, from the time she was in utero, so to speak. So uh, she, she um, asked if she could stay with me, and that, of course, was an incredible sigh of relief because I wasn't going to uh, take the departure of her mother laying down and losing my daughter in the, in the interim, but the actual fighting for my end, the reason to, for that ceased to exist when she says, I want to live with you. So, wow, yeah. You, you, know, you know the saying, be, ca- be careful what you ask for because you might get it. And so that's, <laughs> that's what happened to me, albeit in a, in a very positive way. But here I am, a person who, um, you know, I knew a few things about parenting, but I was, you know, half a the parenting unit, uh, her mom was the, the other half, and at the same time, I was putting an incredible amount of hours at work because I had just launched a brand new business uh, three years prior to that. So wow. I'm, I'm growing a company, and now I'm, I'm raising a daughter, and I found that, um, you know, when, when you don't know exactly what, what to do, you kind of fall back to what you know best. And what mm-hmm. I do best is business. That's so, pretty awesome. And, you know, I, I love that because it's what you fell back to was actually a very positive thing. You know, a lot of people would look at, you know, what you fall back to is um, the way your parents parented you. or some, And sometimes that's not always the best thing. And I love no, that no. you referred to your gift instead of your memories. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. And, and my, my position was this. I, was, I had a set of wonderful parents, but my parenting was done 30 years earlier from when I had to parent my daughter, and it was also done in a place far away from the United States. I was born and raised in Greece. And wow. so, so 
um, that parenting style was very autocratic, very dictatorial, if you will, where you never questioned authority and, and you you were supposed to do what you were told, and in fact, you were supposed to do things before you were told. So while that worked marginally for me, um, I I knew how I uh, became as an adult, and when I came to, to the States as, as a college student, everything that I was, all of, a very large part of how I was parented, I kind of had to throw it out the window because I realized that life here is very different than there. And if I am to survive and prosper here, I have to adopt this lifestyle and mindset. And now raising a daughter in this community, in this environment, it would have been stupid for, for me to kind of fall back to the way I was founded. So I kept the very good things, the things that, that deal with values and family and, and so on and so forth. Those are those transcend uh, continents and, and languages and generations and so on and so forth. But I ventured out on my own and adopted new things so that I um, can safely say that I'm parenting and yet a young girl that will be equipped to not only survive but thrive in this culture. That's amazing because there are so many people from what you that are probably listening to this show right now and they're hearing what you're saying about your your Greek upbringing, and they're going, well, I don't understand. That's exactly what I want. <laughs> You're right. That, that, may be, that may be so. And, and, and there are, I'm, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are Asian or Hispanic or, mm-hmm. or whatever the, the cultural background may be. And, you know, we do know about the tiger mom, mom, and we do know about the other mom that wrote a book that, you know, French parents are the best. Right. It is, it is, I, I have no issue uh, with those authors and that mindset. My issue is I am not parenting a child that is going to be raised in the Asian culture or the Hispanic culture or any culture other than that of the United States which is a fabric of all cultures. Therefore, mm-hmm. I, need, I need to inject into her the values, the understanding, uh, the cleverness that she needs to have in order to, again, be able to thrive, not simply survive. You know, it takes a very um, confident person to be able to say, I'm going to take the best from my own upbringing, and that's all I'm going to carry forward, and the rest of it I'm going to release. And because I find that so many of the parents that I work with, their sticking point is, I have to do it this way because if I don't, I'll feel like I'm disrespecting my parents and the way they raised me. Well, thank you, first of all, for for the vote of confidence. And I will tell you that part of being confident it comes from making your own mistakes and realizing uh, what part of your action was a mistake and then uh, correcting it so that you do not repeat the same mistake twice. My personal viewpoint was that, and, and I did learn that from my parents, that my, my parents, and especially my father, was incredibly strong at um, parenting in his own way and uh, on more than one occasion, he um, came 
to some serious uh, misunderstandings or differences of opinion with his parents, especially his mother. And much like most Greek families at that point, uh, the grandparents lived with us in the same house. So uh. I, now, while I saw him do it, that did not mean that he was going to understand when I did it. But right. The, the confidence comes from if, if when I analyze the parenting uh, that I was exposed to and, and the reasons why my father objected to the input or suggestions of his parents, my grandparents, if those are the, the basis for that is correct, then if the basis for, for the We're about to go to I'm, commercial. We're about to go to commercial, Chris, but I'll when we come on. back. Yeah, I want to continue that conversation and how you use business principles to raise your own kids when we come back from this break. Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. It's not just time for a change, is it? It's much bigger than that. Can you feel it? It's time for a transformation. Will you now imagine that you can and will transform your life? Will you suspend your disbelief and imagine that all things are not just possible, but probable? Imagine that you will meet guides, mentors, and trusted friends who believe in you, hold your hand as they point the way, and teach you to trust your own wisdom. The first of these friends is spiritual girlfriend, Gail Carruthers. Gail will show you how to believe. Believe your perfect divine wisdom will reveal your worthiness. Believe that knowing your power will open your boundless courage. Courage to live consciously, fearlessly, and joyfully. And then know, know all these things are already here and waiting for you to bring them into your divine life. She is here to help you discover, believe, and know. So join Gail, your spiritual girlfriend, every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Shh, listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better, forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins Presents Beautiful Business Radio where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, 
Tara Kennedy Klein. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I am Tara Kennedy Klein, and you are listening to Stop Raising Einstein. I am being joined today by my my guest, Chris Efestio, who is uh, he's an entrepreneur. He's a radio show host, just like me. Um, and he is the author of CDO, Chief Daddy Officer, The Business of Fatherhood, um, which is really um, what's been kind of like surrounding my world right now is kind of taking business, the, the principles that I use in business and applying them to parenting. It's something that you don't really think about when you're doing it, quite honestly. It's just if you are an entrepreneur, I believe being an entrepreneur is something that is basically in us. And, um, you know, it's one of the gifts that we're born with, I think. And so raising your children in the mindset of an entrepreneur is just something that we do when we're already in that space, which I find really kind of cool when people bring it up and when they shine light on it and you can step back and go, wow, I didn't even realize that I was doing that. But, yeah, I guess that's what I'm doing. And so... I, I'm so excited that Chris can be my guest today. And before the break, Chris, we were talking about how um, your father, uh, basically how your elders kind of influenced your parenting, but it, they more gave you confidence to forge your own path in parenting than anything, right? That, that's absolutely correct. Uh, and I believe what I was saying was uh, I, I – had to examine the the logic and the validity uh, for the reasons that why my parents uh, had a difference of opinion from my grandparents, and and they did not like them uh, butting in, if you will, uh, when I was either being disciplined or when I was there was some uh, parent-child uh, conversation. Mm. The so if if I understood and if I analyzed and, and if I believed that that those reasons were correct, then by the same logic, if my reasons were correct from uh, not agreeing with my father or with my parents, then that should not have been an issue. Of course, that's easier said than done because <laughs> uh, <laughs> because just because my father disagreed with his parents didn't mean that he was going to agree with me. After all, you know, the man was always right. Exactly. So, <laughs> but, but, but that's, that's when you have to say, well, you know, her birth certificate, my daughter's birth certificate has me listed as her parent. And, and as a result, I am responsible for everything good and bad that's going to happen to this child. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking the responsibility very seriously and I am, going to do the best I possibly know how, even if that is in direct opposition, disagreement, or dislike of what others believe. And you mentioned earlier um, that being entrepreneurs, you just, you just have that kind of a thing uh, almost as part of your DNA. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and the way that, that an entrepreneur works is the, the way they're our brains work is we make decisions constantly. And those decisions are based on a fair amount of facts and then a fair amount of, of gut uh, memory and, and, and gut reaction. Mm-hmm. And unlike analysts 
who, God bless them, they are absolutely needed, but they are masters at analyzing, not necessarily um, good enough in making a decision. Entrepreneurs will analyze and then pull the trigger. Because, (laughs) (laughs) Because we all know, we all know that analysis causes paralysis or too much analysis causes paralysis. Right. And, and we also know that nothing happens until you pull the trigger. Not a thing happens mm-hmm. because pulling the trigger is what creates that action, whether it is raising a child, growing a business, or even a, a, a smaller thing, whether it is how you write a proposal, how you pitch a client, how you do whatever it is that you do in your daily life. And so taking action is the key, whether you're in business or you're parenting or, or with your spouse, with your, with in, in your entire personal life. It, incidentally, everything and anything that I uh, have written in, in this book about parenting my daughter, the identical elements transfer to every personal relationship. It, it, it is the same if you're talking about your spouse, the same when you're talking about your children, uh, parents, the works. It's so true, and it's funny because my husband is an engineer, um, both by character and by trade. <laughs> so it's and when you, if you know an engineer, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's a, it's nothing short of a miracle that we're still together after 26 years. Because well, it's true, attract. right? <laughs> And, if it were up to it, him, like, we would never have gotten married. We never would have had kids. We never would have bought a home. We never, you know, and I'm one of those people. I'm like, okay, why don't you do some research, and then you bring your information back to me, and then we'll sit down, and I'll be the, I'll be the guy who pulls the trigger because I'm the exactly. risk taker, you know? And he, he just sits back and goes, did you do it? <laughs> yes, yes, honey, I did and, it. <laughs> and and that, is, that is not unlike most couples. I mean, mm-hmm. Uh, I I know of an infinite number of, of people. My my wife is one of those people who is an incredibly gifted, talented person, uh, being what I would call your wink wink person. She may not necessarily uh, intuitively want to take the point, though she never shies away from it, but. Unlike her, who can take the point and be very comfortable being the, uh, my wink person, I don't have that gift. I'm a point person only, end of story. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, not comfortable, I'm not comfortable being on the side seat because a few times I found myself there, I found myself almost being self-destructive. Yeah. Because you, you, you want to do something, you want to... You want to tell somebody how to do something, um, and that is um, – it, it takes an awful lot of self-discipline to do that, and I had to harness that, teach that to myself. And when you go from you know, trying to, to show your child or anybody what to do and how to do it, you're not teaching them anything. You're, you're basically giving them food. You're not teaching them how to fish. And so the way to teach them how to fish is to mentor them and to be there by their side, oftentimes slightly ahead of them, most of the times right next to them, frequently behind them, and Mm -hmm. giving them the instruction to 
read the waypoints on the map. That's what they need. That's what the gift is. How can I read the map as an individual when you, mom and dad, are no longer around? Right. Not, not how do I go from point A to point B and, oh, by the way, can you drive me there? Which is what most parents do. Because mm-hmm. out, of, out of all good pretenses, you know, we love our kids and we don't want to, if, if we went through hard times, why should my kid go through, through the same hard times and everything else? Well, I believe in that, and I don't think that they give medals out if you have a hard life versus an easy one. But right. I think that, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, but, but I think that the, the issue here is not to make your child's life hard. The issue is to make them understand of how to get themselves out of tough positions should they find themselves in them. And you and I both know they will find themselves in those positions. I think that what you're saying, I'm a very visual person, I think, in in pictures and, and those sort of things. And while you were saying the things that you were saying, the visual that I was getting was of an apprentice. That's exactly it. Right? Like being a kid used to be parallel with being an apprentice. If you wanted to learn something, you were in an apprenticeship. You followed a mentor who was doing what you wanted to do, and you observed them, and you watched them, and you made mistakes, and then they made you clean those mistakes up. And, you know, we we don't make our children our apprentices anymore. No, um, and that that used to be, and, and still is to a very large degree, the way every trade is, is taught. Incidentally, sure. it is exactly how medicine is taught. There is always a, a, a physician being from a student all the way to when they are in their postgraduate studies and they are attending physicians or out in private practice. They follow somebody who is a year ahead of them at least, who is actually the person that is mentoring them at the beginning, teaching them, then mentoring them, then just doing uh, some casual oversight. So that is that is how people learn. They don't learn by hearing, but by listening to us teach them. Mm-hmm. Children, children and adults will only retain ten percent of what they hear and ninety percent of what they see. So. Right. Think of us as parents. The adage of do as I say, not as I do, does not hold water in parenting because the child is is not ever going to think, well, my mom or dad told me that I shouldn't do that. They're going to think, well, I saw my mom and dad do this. If it's okay for them to do it, why is it not okay for me? Right. that, That is a very reasonable argument, and it's an argument that I never wanted to have with my daughter because... I could not possibly come up with a good answer. <laughs> right, I mean, exactly. Well, we're going to go to break in like 20 seconds. And, but I really love, I really want to expand on this conversation because I love where it's going. And you talk about being strategic and empowering with our children, and I would love to get into that whole um, philosophy and, and how that plays out in your book when we come back from this break.
Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. It's not just time for a change, is it? It's much bigger than that. Can you feel it? It's time for a transformation. Will you now imagine that you can and will transform your life? Will you suspend your disbelief and imagine that all things are not just possible, but probable? Imagine that you will meet guides, mentors, and trusted friends who believe in you. Hold your hand as they point the way and teach you to trust your own wisdom. The first of these friends is spiritual girlfriend, Gail Carruthers. Gail will show you how to believe. Believe your perfect divine wisdom will reveal your worthiness. Believe that knowing your power will open your boundless courage. Courage to live consciously, fearlessly, and joyfully. And then know, know all these things are already here and waiting for you to bring them into your divine life. She is here to help you discover, believe, and know. So join Gail, your spiritual girlfriend, every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. The Woohoo Radio Network presents the Diva Download with Tracy and Tasha. If you think Diva is all about attitude and drama, think again. The Diva Download is the premier online radio program where girls of all ages, shapes, sizes, and colors get together to redefine what it means to be a diva so that all girls can discover their inner diva and develop a healthy sense of self-worth and self-esteem. Being a true diva means you're diverse, involved, value-driven, and active. That's today's diva. If you want to celebrate the girl in your life through education, encouragement, empowerment, and entertainment, join us every week on Tuesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time and celebrate the essence of being a girl only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I am being joined today by Chris Fessio, who is the uh, Chief Daddy Officer and author of, um, it is Chief Daddy Officer, <laughs> the, of the Business of Parenting. And Chris, before the break, we were talking about, um, basically we were talking about this, the whole mentorship philosophy that you have. And um, I know one of the things that you say in your book is don't be a dance mom. And I would love to know what you mean by that. Yes. The, the essence of parental leadership and mentorship is modeling and teaching how you 
to your child how to become a responsible adult. Mm -hmm. And so as a mentor, you have your parental responsibility is to become that teacher, to become that professor, to become that buddy that will show them down that path. Now, a mentor does not dictate how to get to the destination, but instead helps their child or their mentee to read the waypoints along the, along the charted course on the map. That way, when they find themselves lost somewhere, all they will need to find themselves out of that rough spot will be a map, not you and the map. You teach them how to do things themselves. Mm -hmm. And what I said, don't be a, da a dance mom, is, is really that. Um, people tend to, um, I guess, transfer to their children what it is that they want to do, how it is that they want to do it, mm -hmm. and, and also not only the desire or the concept, but down to the very detail, you're going to do it like this, and you're going to go there, and you're, you know, you, you, I'm a doctor, therefore you have to become a doctor too, or your mom's a lawyer, and you have to be a lawyer too. And you have to go to this school and that school, and your grades have to be this, that, the other thing. Here's an interesting story. And in fact, I, I wrote a blog about that not long ago. Um, when I was seven years old, uh, my grandfather, who was a general contractor, informed me that I needed to become an architect. I had not a clue of what an architect is. Then, about a year or so later, uh, my father, who um, my grandfather again tells me, well, you, you know, you can be an architect or a civil engineer. Oh. Again, I have no clue of what a civil engineer is. I mean, you know, kind of going through the etymology of the word, a civil engineer. I thought it was engineer, an engineer that was polite. So that I found out wasn't wasn't the case. Then, then my dad, who um, was in the medical manufacturing business informs me that I want that I need to be a doctor. At mm. age 10, I tell everybody that I want to be a bishop, not a priest, a bishop. <laughs> and the reason, for, the reason for that is because they wore elaborate robes and jewels and crowns. And this is, of course, in the Greek Orthodox Church, which is incredibly symbolic and, and in, in, incredibly ornate. And they had crowds following them, and they will be great orators and give these incredible speeches and everybody will respect them and so on and so forth. So nobody really gave a damn of what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I, they pushed what it was that they wanted to do. Any person looking at me then and today, they would know that what excites me is the bling and the flash and the hoopla. So right. it, 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 it isn't being stuck in a cubicle or in a, on a draft table, you know, uh, creating drawings of buildings and everything else, I, that's where I would lose myself. That's the least of my talents. What, what my talent is, is thinking outside of the box and convincing people who have absolutely opposing ideas for, for mine that my way to go is likely the way to go. So, the point I was trying to make with don't be a dance mom is just because you wanted to be a dancer and did not make it, that does not mean that your child needs to be the, the dancer that you never became. Right. So look at your child's innate abilities. 
find out what your child really wants to do, and then help them get there. It, if your child is is not a the, the athlete to be a football player, well, that doesn't mean that they cannot be a football coach. It, it, they're very, very different things. But you as the adult, you as the person who has a life experience, has to be able to decipher in between those two things and keep your own ego in check for the best interest of your child. It's so true, and I, I run into that all the time, constantly. You know, it's if your child isn't getting straight A's, you're completely frustrated with them. I mean, but but you're not looking at the fact that um, you, all of the teachers love your kid, and there are, you know, he's really great in music, and he's really great, uh, you know, in the school play. And, I mean, of course I'm speaking about myself, but... I have a child who's on the autism spectrum, and he's brilliant. And everyone expects him to get these perfect grades and to always be attentive and, you know, sitting up and paying attention in class and acing all of his tests. And we're, his father and I are just sitting at these meetings going, do you understand that all we really want him to do right now is to get into your classroom on time and not walk out and give you the finger when he gets mad at you? Like, the, you know, right. there's, there right. are some things that are really, really important, and straight A's right now isn't it. No, and straight A's is a nice thing to have, but it isn't what makes the human being. Exactly. Because you and I both know brilliant people who cannot carry a conversation in a social environment. Exactly. And that brilliance goes very much by the wayside because even though we are texting and we are emailing and we're all wirelessly connected, you know, the six degrees of separation have come down to three degrees of separation these days. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, however it is that you communicate, you communicate. And absent that communication, you're dead in the water. So social skills are paramount. And it's the one thing that we've absolutely gotten rid of these days, isn't it? It, It's that that level of intimate one-on-one communication is the one thing that we've gotten rid of. Exactly. And and, and it is is sad. Earlier on your opening comments, you you made a comment that, that very few people are having dinner. Um, around the same table these days. Well, Mm -hmm. until my daughter went to college, and I was still single at at the the time, I was remarried when she was uh, a senior in in college, until that time, from age seven on, there was never a day that she and I did not have dinner together at the same table. Dinner might have been a little bit late or a little bit early if she had some before or after school activities or, or whatever the, the case might have been, but no one ate alone. And I, that was not about the meal. We could have gone to McDonald's and grabbed two burgers, but we didn't eat them in the car on the fly. We brought them home and had, ate them at the table. <laughs> to me, no, seriously. It's true. Me, I'm laughing because it's so true. It, it, you know, it isn't about, though, you know, I, I enjoyed cooking, and, and she is an incredible cook these days uh, her, herself. I didn't always have the time to do that. So taking food out or going to the store and, and, you know, to the salad bar and and making two great salads, it was terrific. Now, 
we're not talking about how the meal is prepared. That's a whole different conversation that I'm not, I'm not qualified to, to discuss. I am talking about the social aspect, the social blessing that comes with having parents and child, children, families, however you term the family, uh, to break bread, if you will, together and use that time not to look at each other eating, but mm-hmm. exchange information. And the, the, the having a meal together becomes a very natural place to have that conversation fostered because it is a place where, you know, both of your hands, or at least one of your hands is busy, your mouth is busy, so you're unlikely to be talking on the phone or texting. And, right. And you, you really want to get into your child. And what I think happens that most parents don't necessarily realize, and I have actually seen that with, with a lot of my friends, they do not believe that the children give a damn about how the, the parents feel and what they think and so on and so forth, or what their day is like. And mm. that is totally not the case. But, again, children are mimicking adults. And so if I do not take the, the first step to ask about how your day is and not let you off the hook if you tell me fine, mm-hmm. you know, fine is not an answer. And right. In fact, I, I never went about asking closed-ended questions. My questions were, were always open-ended, so they cannot be answered with a yes or no answer. So if I don't go through that, that exercise to dig into my child's life, my child's interest, what it is that they like, dislike, bothers them, or, or they love, why would they care if I do the same? But the moment I got involved in their life, in, in my daughter's life, I received that back in spades. It was, it was an incredible thing and one of the most rewarding things I've, I've experienced. I could, yeah, it's, it, it is really, I wish more parents would, would realize that. You know, that the, the walking in the door and asking how was your day and getting a grunt or a squeak or a growl is, is not an answer. And, I mean, we've actually started saying, hey, I thought about you three times today, and here were the scenarios that, that made me think of you. And when you say something like that to a kid, their eyes completely light up. It's like they go, oh, my gosh, you thought about me? And then, it, then at, that starts a conversation. And we're getting ready to go to our last break, but when we come back, you talk about um, you being the leader of your team and how we can't assume that our kids feel like part of the team. And I really want to talk about that when we come back from this break. Great. Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. It's not just time for a change, is it? It's much bigger than that. Can you feel it? It's time for a transformation. Will you now imagine that you can and will transform your life? Will you suspend your disbelief and imagine that all things are not just possible, but probable? Imagine that you will meet guides, mentors, and trusted friends who believe in you. Hold your hand as they point the way and teach you to trust your own wisdom. 
The first of these friends is spiritual girlfriend Gail Carruthers. Gail will show you how to believe. Believe your perfect divine wisdom will reveal your worthiness. Believe that knowing your power will open your boundless courage. Courage to live consciously, fearlessly, and joyfully. And then know, know all these things are already here and waiting for you to bring them into your divine life. She is here to help you discover, believe, and know. So join Gail, your spiritual girlfriend, every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo! Radio Network. Are you looking for something more in your life or business? More success? More stability? More happiness? It's all out there waiting for you, but it doesn't just happen. You've got to go get it. Make it happen with Michelle McCullough, where motivation and strategy intersect. Michelle is a serial entrepreneur, acclaimed speaker, and the Woohoo Radio Network's resident business and success strategist. Michelle has the smart strategies and experience to help you improve your life and take your business to the next level. You've got big dreams. You've got big vision. Now it's time for you to make it happen. Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein. Hey, everybody. We are in the home stretch of a really awesome show with my guest, Chris Escasio. And um, I am really, really excited that for people to be able to get in touch with you. So I want to make sure that they know how to reach you and where to get your book and all of that. So if you could share that, and then we'll get into the last part of our conversation. Sure. The, um, the best way to, to reach me is uh, through the website, which is chrisfsu.com, and that is spelled Chris, C-H-R-I-S. Last name is E-F-E-S-S-I-O-U.com, or tdochiefdaddyofficer.com, which is an easier spelling. And all the contact information um, and links to the book, um, the radio show, and all of that are there. Awesome. Thank you. And I hope everybody takes the opportunity to check out all that you're doing because you're doing really great stuff. So um, it's it's no small feat to raise a child by yourself. Um, and I think that for a dad raising a daughter, a lot of things um, come into play that we don't consider. And so I, I think that that it's, well, I'm just, I think it's awesome that you did what you did and that you're sharing it with the world because we need more dad models like you out there for sure. Thank you very much. Sure thing. It's, um, it, it was, it, was um, it, it had its, its challenging moments and it had its fun moments too. Um, and and um, I will tell you, it, it was kind of interesting when she was uh, 12 to go out and buy her the, her first bra. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, what? I guess so. I mean, think about that. Those yeah. are those are things that that you don't necessarily think about, but there are things that are absolutely required. And then, of course, you know, I I'd have I had to convince her that no, honey, we're not going to be buying your first training bra at Victoria's Secret. You know, that's not 
<laughs> those are not the bras they make. So anyway, it was, it, and, and, and today, of course, we, we laugh at that like anything, but it, it, um, it makes you want to look in, inwardly and, uh, find out what it is that makes you, you. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that um, I hope that I taught my daughter uh, over my, the years of raising her at least as much as she taught me about myself because um, it, it was an incredible ride and, and it is and it continues to be an incredible ride. She's now 25 years old. Um, actually, just yesterday evening, um, I sat right next to her at um, a um, lawyer's office as she was signing papers buying her first house. She wow. And her husband, yeah, she and her husband bought their first home yesterday. She is away on business, so I was filling in for emotional support. And that <laughs> was just a wonderful experience. That's pretty amazing. It's, it, yeah, I mean, I, I, every parent, I believe, you know, wants to get to that point where they can sit there with their adult child and go, Wow, we both learned a lot, didn't we? <laughs> you know, I, I, and we've both grown through this process, haven't we? Uh. And, and Tara, there's there's a little tip for that, and and I and I talk about that in the book extensively. I am convinced that if you parent your child as the parent, that on a good day and a bad day, first and foremost, you are the parent. Mm-hmm. and you are not your child's buddy, then when they become adults, they will be your buddy. They will be your friend. Mm-hmm. But if you try to parent by being a buddy, the um, chances of failure are almost guaranteed. Because think about it in business. Your boss cannot be your buddy. It doesn't mean that you know your boss has to be an ogre. But right. your boss represents authority and represents discipline and represents direction, hopefully not enough in that order. Mm-hmm. So if your boss is your buddy, when time comes discipline, authority, you are not likely to take them as seriously because it, you have a hard time reconciling how it is that they're now directing you to do something that by rules you have to do. But yesterday you were drinking buddies, and the, night, the day before, you were hiking together and so on and so forth. So mm-hmm. this is not to say you can't socialize with, with people to work. Absolutely the opposite. But there's a big difference in between being respected for who you are and the, the position that you hold and being, you know, the friend, the, per, the confidant. Mm-hmm. That comes later. I, I know I am my daughter's confidant now, but I've earned that. That wasn't given to me any more than it was given to her. It is, it is just like respect. I never expected that I would be respected by my daughter because I'm older and I'm her father. Um, I expect that good manners uh, tend to dictate that you respect everyone unless you have reasons not to. But in order to get that deep respect that your child will do things the right way, not because you told them so, 
but because they do not want to disappoint you if they did the wrong stuff. To me, that is where it's at. Mm. That that you you have created an emotional bond that your kid wants to please you or actually wants to never displease you. Right. And they they should not live their life aiming to please you. The the funny thing is that if they live their life aiming to please themselves, they will almost always please you as well. You know, Chris, <clears throat> I have to I, I have to get into a conversation with you about that because I have so many people are coming to mind right now, but um, what do you do? Because I have so many parents right now that are jumping on this bandwagon of corporal punishment. And, and it's, I don't know, I guess it's the way that people are putting it out there that I'm taking offense to. You know, if parents choose to use corporal punishment, I know that telling them you can't is going to make them want to do it more. So I don't even go there professionally. However, it feels to me that parents are getting on this bandwagon because they're saying children don't have respect for their parents or their elders anymore. And so what you need to do is you need to instill the fear of God in them and you need to, you know, whoop them, beat them, give them the belt, whatever it is to make them respect you. And I, I'm trying, I'm struggling so hard with getting people that aren't face-to-face with me to understand that there is a difference between paralyzing fear and obedience and respect and the desire to please. And, and only respect and the desire to please are worth talking about. My quick uh, reply to, to corporal punishment I grew up in a culture that corporal punishment was, you know, the uh, the flavor of the day. Mm-hmm. Teachers beat the heck out of you at school. Your parents, you know, I, I remember first feeling my father, then hearing him. And, right? you know, whether it was his, <laughs> whether it was his hand, his belt, whatever. And I resented that back then, and I never really, I mean, yeah, the pain will make you stop, but is that what we are trying to do? Are we trying to physically hurt someone so that they can obey something? And the question to me is, you know, the word obey, you know, it, it sounds like pig Latin. And, and the thing is, you know, do I obey someone or something without question? Because isn't that what cults are about? Right? To me, you have to teach your child how to question authority, even when that authority is you, especially when that authority is you, because then you can have your cake and eat it too. But you have to feel very comfortable in your own skin, and at that point you can never bring out the card of saying, hey, you know what, this is what I said, you can't ask me the same question. No. It, is, it, it has to go both ways. And so corporal punishment... Um, I have experienced it. It is not pleasant. It did not make me a better person. It made it made me want to resent authority. Yes. It also, it also made me in in a lot of of ways. It made me want to run as far away from certain things as as possible. The first chance I had, and when when I had that chance, I took it. At age ten or, or twelve, I knew 
I was going to leave home as in not leaving home, uh, you know, running away. But when time came for me to go to school, I was going to leave the country. Didn't know why, didn't know how, did not speak any language, did not speak the language when I, when I came in the States. But I knew that I had to do it because my father's shadow and footprint were just too large for the two of us to be in the same place. So wow. at the same time, he was a wonderful father. I mean, I, I, right? I wished all along that I could be the kind of father that he was to me in terms of being loving and everything else. Loving he was, understanding he was not, and, and allowing debate, meaning questioning what he said, was never anything that he would ever consider. And, and in, in childhood and then in adulthood, any time I had any runnings um, that were unpleasant uh, with him w- was because of that. My mother on the other side is very much of, she was always the kind of person who wanted to be, um, to know her kid's business and to be um, on top of that, making her far more accessible and approachable to us. And then wow. later on as, as adults, you know, we always had a great relationship with, with our father. This is all three of us, two boys and a girl. We had a great relationship with with our father, but my mom was the one that we that we had the slapstick comedy with, and and you know she was our friend now as adults because right. again she bothered to want to get closer to us as opposed to being the you know one uh, arm's length away kind of parent. Mm. Wow. Well, we're going to have to end with that, and I appreciate it. And I think that was a wonderful way to end the really, really great show. And I appreciate you being my guest today, Chris, and I really hope everybody takes the opportunity to check you out on your website and check out your book. And as usual, join the conversation on Facebook at Tara Kennedy Klein, and we look forward to hearing from you, and maybe we'll talk about your questions on next week's show. Have a great week, everybody, and keep playing. Love unconditionally, give freely, laugh openly, learn daily, grow immensely. And, of course, 